My name is Neil Lyon. I was a pupil here at Wellingborough School in the early 1980s, and I've been the school's historian for the past 39 years. In the next 15 minutes, I'm going to whisk you through the history of our school since it was founded in the reign of the first Queen Elizabeth. Now, history can all be about endless dates, but when people ask me the date when the school was founded, I have to admit that I don't actually know. What we do know is that we can list all our headmasters back to the year 1595, and our current headmaster, Andrew Holman, is our 39th headmaster. But our exact origins are lost in the mists of time. In the year 1548, Edward VI dissolved religious communities across the country, including one here in the town of Wellingborough. People in the town then called on the king to use that community's money for educating local children. So we think the school was set up sometime between 1548 and 1595, but we don't know when, and we don't know if it was in continuous existence in that period. So, as our list of headmasters starts in 1595, that's the year we use as our foundation date. Last year, 2020, we celebrated our 425th anniversary with a visit from the Princess Royal. In 1619, the governors forked out 25 pounds and 13 shillings on a new school building. The Bright Boys were taught Latin grammar on the top floor, and as a result, we were known as Wellingborough Grammar School, and that remained our name until the early 1900s. You needed a good knowledge of Latin if you wanted a good career in those days. The slightly less academic would learn English on the ground floor of the building. And the building still survives to this day in the town centre near All Hallows Church. A plaque over the door proclaims, I owe much to the lover of learning, but to the barbarian nothing. For more than 200 years, the school pottered along, providing a grounding in Latin for the bright boys of the town, but pupil numbers were never more than a few dozen, and we produced no famous alumni. There are hardly any documents surviving from those early centuries, only a few account books and dusty ledgers. By the early 1800s, the whiff of stagnation was evident. But the same was true of grammar schools across the country, obliged as they were to teach a rigid classical curriculum that nobody wanted anymore. By 1825, there were no pupils at Wellingborough School, but the headmaster continued to draw his full salary. A new headmaster arrived in the same year, 1825. He took the school by the scruff of its neck, offering more subjects in a wider curriculum. He was lucky. The town of Wellingborough was beginning to grow as the boot and shoe industry in Northamptonshire started to take off. And the school began to take boarders as well as day boys. And boarding would become more attractive after the St Pancras railway line was laid through the town in the 1850s. Discipline was tough in those days. A common punishment was to be beaten with a cane across the palm of your hand. The trick was to rub your palm vigorously with an onion just before the first strike. 
1879, the governors appointed a dynamic new headmaster called Henry Platt. When he arrived, there were 17 pupils. And by the time he retired, 28 years later, there were 340. The first thing he did was to move the school to our current site in 1881. And we established a fearsome reputation for football and cricket. Indeed, we would go on to produce 43 first-class county cricketers, as well as one England footballer. In 1896, Henry Platt met the Prince of Wales at the great horse race at the Derby and congratulated the Prince for owning the finest racehorse in the country. And you, Mr. Headmaster, you have the finest school in the country, replied the Prince, allegedly. The next headmaster was Philip Fryer, a former pupil who devoted his whole life to the school. The school chapel was opened in 1908, and it would become the tradition at each year's carol service for the number of candles behind the altar to match the number of goals scored by the football eleven that season. In poor seasons, the altar was barely visible. Then came the Great War, 1914 to 18. More than a thousand old Wellingburians saw action. They included the legendary flying ace Henry Winslow Woollett, famous for 35 victories in the air. A total of 177 old boys and four masters were killed in action. Amongst them, the former school chaplain Bernard Van, who was awarded the posthumous Victoria Cross. The school's war memorial was unveiled in the chapel in 1924, remembering all those who had fought and fallen for their country. In the same year, Mr. Fryer introduced the house system. There were three boarding houses, Platts, Garns and Friars, and one day house called Parkers. Boys under the age of 13 were in the junior house, founded in 1908. There were still no girls, the school would remain boys only until the 1970s. Between the wars, the school's sporting prowess continued in cricket and football. Not in rugby, mind. Rugby was always very much the secondary winter game until the millennium. In 1929, the thatched pavilion was built in the middle of the playing fields, paid for out of tuck shop profits. Outside the pavilion is the front doorstep of the former home of W.G. Grace, the great cricket legend. This step was, um, shall we say, liberated in 1939, when Grace's old home in Bristol was being demolished. It is said to bring good luck to anyone who steps on it when going out to bat. Moving on now to the 1930s a very difficult decade for independent schools like Wellingbrook. The country was in the grips of a sustained economic slump and pupil numbers kept on falling. By the start of 1939, there was talk of having to close Garn's house and redundancies. But then came the outbreak of war in September 1939, which turned out to be good news for Wellingbrook, because the town was perceived as largely safe from the threat of German bomber planes. In stark contrast, a 
a small school in the town of Weymouth on the Dorset coast, found itself at risk as it was right next to the naval dockyard at Portland Harbour. In 1940, Weymouth College closed and sent 33 of its boys here. To this day, Weymouth House is named in their honour. In the same year, a small prep school in Norfolk closed and several boys joined our prep school alongside their headmaster, Robert Britton, elder brother of the noted music composer, Benjamin Britton. In the early years of the war, the boarders spent many nights in the air raid shelters as the bombers flew overhead, but the school did not need to evacuate. A total of 95 old boys were killed in action. Perhaps the most distinguished old Wellingburian to serve was Group Captain James Tate, one of the RAF's most highly decorated bomber pilots. He was the one who led the dam busters when they sank the German battleship Tirpitz in 1944. The headmaster throughout the war years was Tom Neville. His elder brother, Wilfred, had earned his place in the history books in the Great War as one of those young officers who kicked a football over the top of the trenches on the first day of the Battle of the Somme in July 1916. Tom Neville retired as headmaster in 1956. There were now about 350 pupils throughout the school, compared with 850 in 2020. Discipline was so much stricter than nowadays, enforced by the prefects just as much as the masters. Here's just one example, the infamous rule about the number of buttons on your blazer. Pupils up to the age of 16 must have their blazers fastened at all times and no hands in pockets. Lower sixth may have one hand in their pocket, but jackets must be fastened. Upper sixth may have both hands in pockets, but again, all buttons must be fastened. Only school prefects may have both hands in pockets and jackets undone. The late 1950s and the 1960s saw an explosion of new buildings, not least the dining hall, which took longer to build than the first stretch of the M1 motorway. Two new houses were created for day boys, Staines in 1959 and Cripps in 1967. The school also took in quite a few boarders from families abroad, including several members of the Malaysian royal family. And we are very proud to boast a former king of Malaysia amongst our alumni. And what are the last 56 years? Well, the pace of change beggars belief. The old certainties were to be shattered in the late 1960s as the straw boaters and short back and sides haircuts gave way to shocking hairstyles and, of course, the Beatles. One old Wellingburian became the first manager of the Rolling Stones pop group. School prefects were deprived of the power to beat other boys. The first two girls arrived in the sixth form in September 1970. Marsh House was opened as the first girls' house in 1977 with seven girls, and then the school became fully coeducational in 1979. The number of boy boarders started to fall. Friars became a day house in 1978. 
Weymouth followed in 1984 and then became a girls' house five years later. Boarding throughout the school finally ended in 2000, and it really was the end of an era. But the house system was preserved and remains as important as ever. 2020 marked our 425th anniversary. Great plans were drawn up to celebrate this with the launch of a major fundraising appeal for a new sixth form centre to be built on top of the roof of the dining hall. Then, just two weeks after the launch of the appeal, came the onset of the global pandemic and the school went into lockdown. Against all odds, in October 2020, we were lucky enough to receive a visit from Her Royal Highness the Princess Royal. And she didn't bat an eyelid at having to wear a mask as she toured the site. It was 55 years since her parents, the Queen and Prince Philip, had visited the school back in 1965. One year on, and we are emerging from the shadow of the pandemic, with 850 pupils on the roll, and the sound of workmen about to start work on building our new sixth form centre building for the future. All in all, a very exciting future and a very rich history. And let me leave you with just a few names. Names like Prince William's grandfather, the 7th Earl Spencer, who was our chairman of the governors here for 26 years. Alumni like the cricket commentator, Alison Mitchell, and the BBC sports editor, Dan Rowan, and the Reverend Richard Coles. The founder of Bupa, a former chairman of Dunlop, the Queen's gynaecologist at the birth of Prince Charles, five army generals, the current attorney general in the government, the master of one of the colleges at Cambridge University, and one of the very first polar explorers, just some of the old Welling Burians we can boast about. For me, the spirit of Wellingborough School was best summed up by a chap called George Drew, who'd been a pupil here in the 1930s. During the war, he ended up in the notorious Colditz Castle as a prisoner of war. One day, he found a donkey's tooth floating in his stew. But, as he said, having been at Wellingborough School for eight years, Colditz was a doddle.